0: Welcome to Papa's House Church, Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed this message by Pastor Charles. For more information about this service, visit Papa's House India by logging in into SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube and Facebook. I am so thrilled that in the midst of all this crazy pandemic situation, Jesus is still on the throne and his kingdom is still increasing every single day. So we are gathered for a purpose. We started this series. We never intended to start it as a series. We just wanted to see where the Lord wants us as a church to go. And we started talking about gathered for a purpose, how the early church gathered. And the Lord started working in our own hearts and he started mentioning to us the church is not a building you go to church is not a meeting you attend to church is a family you belong to and even the lord started to confront our own vocabulary we started changing our vocabulary of sunday service into gathering so we are gathered again in our homes maybe not in our corporate gathering like we would love to but in our homes we are gathered for a purpose and today we will be highlighting one of the purpose which is the center i would say is one of the most important aspect of christian lifestyle it's called worship i want to take a moment to talk about that so before we get into that why don't you lift up your bible or a phone that i you have a bible on it and lift it up and you say this after me lord jesus influence me this morning so Holy Spirit, I pray that you will put your words in my mouth. The words that come out of my mouth will be anointed by you. It will go deep into their hearts and mind. It will produce the ultimate fruit that Jesus Christ will be formed in them. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Wonderful. So, there are seven aspects the early church embraced it. And we've been dealing with that one by one. And you, you might see it on the screen. Worship was not just an event it's a lifestyle that's what we will be dealing today you know word word helps those people and also us to walk a lifestyle of supernatural we talked about it last week and then communion god willing next week we will talk about it then prayer and fasting a constant communion with god giving we give because god gave first evangelism is a christian living where we experience and express what we have experienced and discipleship, which is to be a better representative of the kingdom on earth. So we will be uh, dealing with the topic of worship. And I know it's a very uh, huge topic. I'm not sure we will be able to do it, all of it in 30 minutes or 40 minutes, but bear with me, the Holy Spirit is gonna speak to us. Uh. But I want you to imagine this with me. Just Could you just turn your imagination mode? Imagine if you are the son of God, God the Father sent you on a mission to earth to convince everyone in your town, in your village, in your city, in your nation and ultimately to the world that you are God's son. And your job is to go and tell the people how to worship God the Father. What would you do? I know what I would do. I would gather a big congregation. I would gather all the important leaders. I will gather all the most significant people on town. I will put up a big, like a tent or an auditorium or somewhere where I will gather all these people and print pamphlets and all those fancy things. And then I will tell them, this is how you and Everybody else needs to worship God the Father. But that's not the case when Jesus explained the most important aspect of a Christian in everywhere in the world. And he said to a Samaritan woman. And he didn't say it in a church setting. He didn't say it to the 70 that he sent out to disciple. To evangelize, he didn't send, he didn't tell this to the 12. The Bible records it in a very, very unique way. He told the important aspect, the greatest definition of worship, to a Samaritan woman. And that woman was having a character issue problem. That woman is not even a Jewish woman, that woman is actually an outsider. And by the way, in those days, and still it's prevailing in many cultures, it happens to be not a man, but a woman. know why Jesus did that? Because he loves to break stereotypes and prejudices. And look at what this, what Jesus explains about worship in John chapter 4, verse 23 and 24. I'm reading from the Passion Version. It may sound a little bit poetic, but listen with me. It's up in the screen. From now on, worshipping the Father will not be a matter of the right place, but with the right heart. For God is a spirit... And he longs to have a sincere worshippers who adore him in the realm of the spirit and in the truth. I don't know whether you watch the uh, Chosen uh, series of season 1, episode 8. The Samaritan woman says uh, when she encountered Jesus, I'm going to tell everyone about what happened to me. And then you'll see this humor of Jesus there. Jesus replies to that woman, I am counting on it. That's exactly what Jesus, you know, he's looking into our hearts and say, worship is actually every attention of your life is worthy to be brought as an offering to Jesus Himself. Amen. What Maybe Jesus that, said, I'm counting on it, it's not recorded in the Bible, but this is what the Bible records. The Bible says in the verse 28. That this lady left the pot and went into the town remember she came with an empty pot but then something else was filled and she left that empty pot because the pot that she had inside was filled with that longing that she was trying to fill it up with so many things but it could not fill but when she encountered that The Bible says she left the pot and went back and told. And then the later chapters you will see how this entire village comes to know Jesus. Now, every time, this is what people sometimes they get confused. When they talk about worship, they immediately relate it to a particular event or some kind of activities. I want to give you a little bit of understanding about worship. Right? It's up in the screen. Every time... When you are acknowledging about the greatness of God, you are worshipping. What are you doing? Every time when you are acknowledging the greatness of God, you are worshipping. Now, you drive and you see these beautiful mountains. You are like, wow, amazing. Thank you, Jesus, for these mountains that you created just by his word. What are you doing? You are worshipping. Amen. One of our favorite getaway places is Kerala we have a friend who rents us the houseboat. So we get on the houseboat and we just go around in this beautiful houseboat and these guys make us this karimeen uh, and they will grill it for us and we will sit there and they see this backwaters touching the tip of the ocean and we walk around and we're just like, wow. God, amazing. How beautiful. And this coconut trees all bent so beautifully. And you'll see this beautiful little, little, little houses around this. And you're like, wow, how beautiful God is. How great God is. What are you doing? You're worshiping. As many people just exclaim the beauty and they stop there. But you and me have the privilege to say, God, this beauty comes from you. That's why God is interested in beauty. Amen. Isn't it beautiful? Look. Now, when we talk about worship, two things I probably would have said this before. I don't mind repeating because it's worth hearing. We praise Jesus for what he has done. But we worship Jesus for who he is. Okay? We praise Jesus for what he has done. What he has done? Salvation. Redemption, healing Forgiveness, eternal life New creation, new beginning New family, all those We have received for what he has done Okay, we praise him But We worship him for who he is He is our God's only son He is God himself He left the Godhead Took the form of us He became one of us So that our head was spared because of him So for who he is He is a holy God he's a loving God Amen Isn't it beautiful It's up in the screen Psalm 71-23 says My lips will shout for joy When I sing praises to you Whom you have delivered me Psalms 33 one to 3 says Sing for joy in the Lord O you righteous one Praise is becoming To the upright Give thanks to the Lord With the lure Sing praises to him with a harp of ten strings. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully with a shout of joy. Look at Psalms 95, verse 1 says, Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Psalms 117, verse 1 Praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol him. All you peoples. What are you doing? When you praise the name of the Lord. When you get up in the morning and you say, God, I thank you for this beautiful sunrise. I thank you for the beautiful sunset. I thank you for the beautiful breeze. I thank you for the beautiful wind. What are you doing? You are praising him. But then you go one step deeper. Now you say, God, I thank you for the life that you have given me. I thank you. You are so holy that with your blood that you rescued me. You redeemed me. You are entering into an attitude of gratitude that leads you into a place of worship. Isn't it beautiful? Now, this is going to be interesting. You are called never to be a warrior. You are called to be a worshipper. Do you know that? Now, you are, if, I, if you are in the, in the church building, I would say, look at someone and say, you are not a warrior, you are a worshipper. But now you are maybe sitting next to your friend or your brother or your sister or your wife. Now you can just tap her and say, my love, I mean, if it is your wife, say that, my love. But if it is not, if somebody else sitting next to you, don't create any confusion. So you say, my love, you are not a warrior, you are a worshipper. Amen. That's your original design. Now, you know what the worshippers do? The worshippers torment the tormentor. What is the goal of the enemy? To torment us. One of the names of the enemy is tormentor. What is your name? Worshipper. So when you are a worshipper, what happens? You torment the tormentor. Say with me, I am a worshipper. I am called to torment the tormentor. You know, when you worship God, you don't just get up in the morning and say, Devil, I'm going to torment you. No, no, no. You just get up in the morning, you start worshipping. By default, there's this default setting. When you start worshipping, He is tormented. How beautiful it is, no? Instead of being devil-focused, we just be God-focused. Sometimes people are like, What to do? I don't know what to do this morning. That's worrying. You are giving space to the enemy. But when you get up in the morning, you start worshipping. Lord, I thank you for this day. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for my children. Thank you for this city. This city will be clean, green and beautiful. I know one day this city will bow before the king of glory. I worship you. I adore you. I kiss you. My kids, they say all the time, I kiss your heart Jesus. I kiss your heart to Jesus. The moment you started declaring like that, you are tormenting the tormentor. Amen. Now, there are some titles that has been given to this greatness of God. So there are almost 20 titles, but it's going to go quickly. It's up in the screen. One of the titles is called the Spirit of the Living God. That's a title. That's the title for the greatness of God. He's he's a living God. He's not a dead God. In 2 Corinthians 13, 3.3. 3.3. Three. It's a living God. So, when you worship God, God, thank you. My God, you are not in the grave. You are seated in the heavenlies. And you put me in the heavenlies. Amen. So, uh, Tozer says this. Uh, God doesn't stay, uh, live in the space. He created space. <laughs> Isn't it beautiful? Isaiah 61. That's another greatness of God. The spirit of the sovereign Lord. So God I thank you I may not understand everything But I know you are a sovereign God What are you doing You are worshipping You are focusing on the greatness of God Spirit of grace Hebrews 10 29 And then what are you When you go through life Tough situation You are saying God I know Grace is gift received at Christ expense I know I have received this gift This grace to endure and to overcome What are you doing You are focusing on the greatness of God You are worshipping 1 Peter 4.14, the spirit of glory. What does that mean? The glory basically means weight, the nature, the weightiness of God, the mind, the culture of God. So when you don't understand the crazy things around you, going you nuts, you say, God, I thank you for the glory. I thank you for the nature. I thank you for your glorious presence. What are you doing? You're focusing on the greatness of God. You're worshiping. Ephesians one thirteen. it says the Holy Spirit of promise. What does that mean? When you go through crazy challenges, situation that's changing every single time. You say, God, you are the God who promises and you will fulfill what you promise. What are you doing? You're focusing on the greatness of God. You're worshiping him. Amen. And Romans 1.4, it says the spirit of holiness. There is so much filth going around. And you're saying, God, thank you that you said, uh, be holy as I am holy. I can never manufacture holiness. I just come to you. You produce your life in me. What are you doing? You're focusing on the greatness of God. You're worshipping. Amen. Isn't it beautiful? Isn't it beautiful? Isaiah 4.4 It says, the spirit of judgment. What is judgment? You know, the world judges you from the flesh, but the spirit judges you, the Holy Spirit, Jesus judges you from the spirit. It's very different judgment. So when you are criticized, judged from the flesh, you just go to God and say, God, you are my ultimate judge. I focus on you. You and me is equal to majority. What are you doing? You're focusing on the greatness of God. Then when you focus, you're worshiping. Amen. John 14:7 Spirit of truth. So many lies, fabricated fake news you hear everywhere. You know, sometimes truth has been twisted for the sake of selfish gain. Now you focus and say God, you are the truth. I know your truth will always prevail. What are you doing? You're focusing on the greatness of God. You're worshipping. Amen. Isaiah 11.2. There are three things in Isaiah 11.2. Talks about the spirit of wisdom and understanding, spirit of counsel and might, spirit of knowledge and counsel, the fear of the Lord. You know, the fear of the Lord eliminates the fear of man. I think it was Leonard Ravenel said, a man who is intimate with god is not intimidated by men so when when things surrounded by you are so chaotic you focus on the counsel of god you come under the fear of god what are you doing you are focusing on the greatness of god you're worshiping amen romans 8 2 says it's the spirit of life Holy Spirit is the spirit of life. What happens when there is so much, I don't know about you, like we drive from from where we are to the land and we saw so many banners everywhere, death banners. The Holy Spirit reminds us, blood will be a sign to you that you are under my blood. Your life is in my life. Romans 8.2, you're focusing on the life of God, the greatness of God. What happens? You're worshipping. Amen. Hebrews nine. it talks about the oil of gladness. Depression is, is increasing. You know, one of the greatest challenges in this world right now is depression. I think it was Corey Timboom says, You look at the world, you'll be stressed. You look at the, yourself, you'll be depressed. But you look at God, you'll be at rest. Amen. When you look at God and you say thank you for the oil of gladness. What are you doing? You are worshipping. When you worship, you are focusing on the greatness of God. Amen. Look at Zechariah 12.10. The spirit of grace and supplication. Supplication means request. Supplication means you are going before God with petitions. I know some of the petitions, we are crying out to God for mercy. That this virus will come down. Amen. Amen. What are you doing? God, just like Jehoshaphat. I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. What are you doing? You're focusing on the greatness of God. You're worshipping. The spirit of eternal spirit, Hebrews 9, 14. Everything around here, everything that you see is temporary. Everything else will finish, including intercession, prayer, evangelism, discipleship. All at one day. Who are you going to disciple in in heaven? Are you going to go and disciple Peter? Are you going to disciple Jonah? Who are you going to disciple? Everything else is going to finish. One thing you'll never finish is what? Worship. So eternal spirit. When you focus on the eternal spirit, what are you doing? You're focusing on the greatness of God. You're worshipping. Amen? Isn't it beautiful, guys? You know, spirit of prophecy. Revelation 19.10. In 1 Timothy, it says, you know, Paul writes, Remember the prophecies. I don't know whether you have a habit of writing prophecies. We have a habit of writing down the prophecies. And, and some of the prophecies not fulfilled. But I say, God, I thank you for those prophecies. I thank you for the fulfillment of the prophecies. Some of the prophecies fulfilled. So what are you doing? You're focusing on the greatness of God. Amen. Isn't it beautiful? You're worshipping. Job 32.8 and Job 33.4 says, It's the breath of the Almighty, understanding and the spirit of life. Breath of the Almighty. By the breath He spoke. Today we cannot even breathe out. We have to put a mask. God did not have a mask. He breathed. We were created. Today we say, God, it sucks to have the mask around. You know, I can... You know, before that, somebody else will tell you that your breath stinks. Now your mask tells you how your breath stinks. <laughs> now you are focusing not on your breath, but the breath of the Almighty. What are you doing you're focusing on the greatness of god you're worshiping couple of more luke 135 the power of the highest power of the highest can you imagine that that means this power the power that you know that the local guys power the politicians power all will temporarily will fade but this power is the highest power the greatest power Amen. He is the best definition of power. When you focus and say, "God, in your wounding, I find my healing," you are seated on the throne. Great is your faithfulness. What are you doing? You're focusing on the greatness of God. You're worshiping. John fourteen sixteen says, "He's the Comforter." The word is called Parakletos. He's to come alongside to help us. Amen. So when you say, "God," Nothing can satisfy. Sex, salary, status, passion, position, possession. Nothing can satisfy. I know you are the greatest comforter. What are you doing? You're focusing on the greatness of God. You're worshipping. Matthew 10, 20. It says, he is the spirit of the father. Can you imagine? That the spirit of the father is with you. That means the one who created the world, the one who created the Adam and Eve, the one who created you and me, the one who created time. <laughs> he is our father. What are you doing? You're focusing on the greatness of the, of the Lord. You're worshipping. Amen. You see, it's a big difference. See, theology starts with God. Religion starts with men. In the Old Testament, we go to the sanctuary. In the New Testament, we are the sanctuary. And in the early church, they had this idea, this understanding that Jesus, the resurrected power of Jesus lives inside of them. That's why they were so crazy. You know, there's a story about in Acts chapter 16, verse 25, where in the midnight, Paul and Silas, when they were praying and singing and hymns to God, you know, the other prisoners were listening to them. Can you imagine? Because they had this conviction this God that I worship is not in the grave. So they add this conviction. The deep conviction helped them to realize not where they are at, but realize where their spirit is at. Amen. That's our early church. Today when the coffee machine doesn't work or AC in the car doesn't work, we think persecution has started. We think to a couple of minutes, electricity goes off, persecution has started. No, it's much bigger than this. Amen. Acts 16, 14. This is how the early church said. One of those listening was a woman from the city of Tyrechia named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshipper of God. <laughs> Can you imagine? That's the best title I want to receive. A worshipper of God. Not worship leader. Not preacher. Not evangelist, Eva. The short form, Eva. You know, bro, pass, rev, dr, doctor, eh? right, rit, reverend. I don't want any of those titles. All those are nonsense. <laughs> you know, I want to have one title. Worshipper of God. Amen. This is the title I am praying. God make me a true worshipper. Amen. A worshipper of God. That's the title. She is not businessman. You know, nothing like that. Worshipper of God. Do you put your hand on your heart and say, God, that title I want to have it. That title I want to have it. Make me a true worshiper. Amen. Make me a true worshiper. Look at how, one more verse, how the early church functioned. Acts 13, verse 2. While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Look, when you worship, Holy Spirit speaks. You don't complain. When you complain, you remain. When you praise, God raise you up. Amen. Amen. So, what happens when you worship? Quickly. Four things. It's up in the screen. Number one, God speaks. Do you want to hear the voice of God? Start worshiping. Don't wait for somebody to give the keyboard melody. Don't wait for the church, the worship leaders to sing. No, just get up in the morning, you know. Just get up in the morning and just start singing. God loves. He doesn't grade your tone of the voice. He grades the tone of your heart. Attitude. (laughs) Amen. God speaks. When you worship, God speaks. Number two. When you worship, the spirit in you is strengthened. Remember, we talked about, I am a spirit, I have a soul, I live in a body. So the spirit in you is strengthened. Number three. You get divine perspective. You see crazy ideas going around, crazy things are, so many news, you don't even know which one is true, but you get a divine perspective. Number four, you become a tormentor who torments the tormented. (laughs) When you worship, what happens? You torment the tormentor. Amen. What a beautiful thing it is. Now, many weeks ago, I remember uh, in Papa's house, we talked about the Greek and the Hebrew words I don't want to bore you out with that but there are a couple of Greek words and a couple of Hebrew words one is called the Avoda and which means in Greek is trio, which means basically performing service it's up in the screen you can see that and you will see those words which basically means service helping the poor taking care of you know the orphans and the widows and taking care of the children and taking care of the elderly you know helping all those things are beautiful That's the service. The church, come early, you know, set up the table, prepare coffee, tea, and cookies. All those are service to the Lord. Okay? It's beautiful. Even when you're a job, you help the one who are in need. It's all beautiful. But there is another one in Hebrew called shaka. And the Greek translation is called proskinio. That's the word that we get, the word Proximity which basically means intimacy and I have said this the shaka basically means laying prostrate before God and saying God all I can do is what? surrender that's it nothing else now you are in your home you are not in a church building or anything you can just lay before God just stay there and say God you deserve everything you know some other belief system, some, I've seen some of my friends who are not part of this faith. They go before their, their gods in their temples. They lay you in know, sastrangam. And there is a Tamil song. Sastrangam vangal. So it's so important that you lay surrendered before the Lord. Not only physically, but in your spirit. Lay surrendered. A worshipping heart is a surrendered heart, is a worshipping heart. Amen. Now, I wrote down here, quickly, it's going to go quickly. And this is what you will discuss in your little house church. Amen. And you will break bread, you will share the word, you will pray for one another. But this is a sign of a true worshipper. Okay. It's up in the screen, you will see quickly. Signs of a worshipper. A worshipper worships. The Lord in spirit and truth. Number one. Always possesses a heart of gratitude. Are you grateful to the Lord? Are you complaining? Are you grateful? Do a checklist. In this day. In a day of almost 16 hours. 8 hours you sleep. Say 16 hours. How many times do I complain? Or how many times do I am grateful? If you are more complaining. You are not really a true worshipper. You need to go back to God and say. God I am so sorry. Help me. To be grateful. Number two. Always tries to obey the Lord even if it is tough in the flesh. That's a sign of a true worshipper. He obeys. Doesn't mean he takes an immediate step and obeys it. Sometimes it's struggle. But end of the day, he obeys. Obedience is required as as a sign. It's evident to the Father that you are a worshipper. True worshipper. Number three, doesn't need external things to stimulate him or her to worship the eternal God. That doesn't, what do I I mean that? You don't wait for Sunday to come to church so that the worship people, the leaders who have gifted with songs and instruments, the music talents, you don't wait for them to lead you in worship. Number four, not worried about the opinion of the people. For them, God plus me is equal to majority. That's a true worshipper. Number five, receives God's heart for the lost and eager to be part of the great commission. So constantly saying, God, this family doesn't know Jesus. You know, right now, we have two precious souls are getting to know Jesus in the small community. I'm praying that they will encounter not religion, because they, they know plenty of religion But they will encounter the king of glory Amen Number 5 I think I have said this Receives God's heart for the lost Number 6 Delighted to see the manifestation of the kingdom of God In every area of their lives that means when you are worshipping, you are getting God's perspective and you are saying, God, on earth as it is in heaven, God, bring your kingdom on earth. Bring your kingdom in my department. Bring your kingdom in my hospital. Bring your kingdom in my street. Bring your kingdom in my community. Bring your kingdom in my, in my neighborhood, in my city, in my nation. Amen. Amen. Religion talks about exclusion and isolation. The kingdom talks about getting out and include everyone. Amen. Right now people are struggling without jobs and and the shutdown they are talking about. And many of them are panicking. We, last year, the Lord helped Papa's house to be a blessing. Would you join this year also and say, God, what is my part in this? Amen. To bring his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Now, number seven. It's going to go quick. A true worshipper is a joyful person. That doesn't mean he he does not have challenges, sorrow. No, he does. But then he's still joyful. Joy is not the absence of problem. Joy is the presence of God in the midst of problem. A true worshipper is a hopeful person. Some people worship. The next thing they open their mouth is a hopeless statement. This. That's why we are praying. To go. 40 days fasting and praying to leave this country. That's a hopeless statement. We are going to trust God. India will bow its knee before the king of glory. Amen. Amen. And then a true worshipper doesn't quit. One of my favorite heroes, I mean politically correct heroes in faith. She says this, Heidi Baker. If you don't quit, you win. You win if you don't quit. Amen. Amen. Sometimes it's challenging to throw in the towel and say, well, I quit. It doesn't work for me. I quit. I don't agree with you. I quit. It's challenging. But let's push through. Let's seek the kingdom. Let's work together. Let's see the Lord. Let's say, God, you called us. You named us. You put us together. Amen. And you will fulfill it. And last but not the least, he becomes, she or he becomes a living sacrifice to the King of Glory. Remember, in the Old Testament, you take the sacrifice. In the New Testament, you are the sacrifice. Amen. Let this 10 things, we will send it to you if you need this, but it's up in the screen. I will ask my brothers to leave that for a few seconds. You take a snapshot or whatever and discuss this in your group and say, Am I a true worshiper? Am I joyful? Am I grateful? Am I hopeful? Uh, Do I easily quit? Do I need external things to worship an eternal God? Think about this. Pray for one another. Break the bread. Share the communion. And see the King of Glory manifested in your life. Let me pray for you quickly. Father in Jesus name. I pray for my brothers and sisters. As we gathered in houses. You are still there. Where two or three gathered, my presence is there, you said. So we hold on to your word and we trust as we even talk about few things. I pray that you will convict in us. Holy Spirit, create your work in us so that Jesus Christ can be formed in us. So we thank you, Father. and All God's people say, in Jesus' name, Amen, Amen. I love you guys. Take care. We will see you next Sunday.